Welcome to another episode of the 20-Minute Bible Study, a teaching podcast from Faith on Hill Church in Milwaukee, Oregon. My name's Adam. I'm the pastor at Faith on Hill. I'm going to put 20 minutes on a timer, and while I do that, why don't you open your Bibles to the book of Exodus, chapter 40. All right, today we are going to finish the book of Exodus. We started this podcast in in the back in the days of lockdown, and we're going to continue. We're not done just because we've uh, gone through Exodus. Really what the purpose of this podcast has become is it does a couple of things. It allows us as a church to tackle the bigger books of the Bible, the ones that um, if we if we tried to deal with them on Sunday mornings would take us maybe years. I mean, we've been in, in you know, the book of Exodus for over a year here. And uh, so in a kind of an effort to not be um, bogged down in one place, uh, we we use this. And it kind of takes the place of a midweek service in that sense. I want to remind us of where we've come from. The book of the Exodus starts with God's people enslaved. For over 400 years, they were in the land of Egypt and they were enslaved. They were in, 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 in really desperate situations. They were hated by the Egyptians um, and, and God heard their cry and led them out of their enslavement. He raised up Moses to be their deliverer and bring them out of their captivity, out of their bondage into freedom. And as God brought them out, they crossed the Red Sea and God brings them to Mount Sinai where he he brings them into a covenant relationship with himself. He says, I will be your God. You will be my people. If you keep my laws and my commands, then I will bless you. I will protect you. I will cause good things to happen for you. And then they go about establishing the laws by which they are to live by and the forms of worship that they are to uh, operate under. Now, we are not under that covenant anymore. We are not under that law because all of these things were temporary and they were a holding place until Jesus the Savior came and fulfilled the law established at Mount Sinai and fulfilled all of these things of which they were a shadow, you know, the, the tent of meeting and the, the sacrifices and all of that Jesus fulfilled. And now they are in the wilderness heading towards the promised land as we close this final chapter of the book of the Exodus. Chapter 40, verse 1. Then Yahweh said to Moses, set up the tabernacle, the tent of meeting on the first day of the first month. So it's all been made. It's all been inspected. But on the first day of the first month, they are to set it up for the first time. Place the Ark of the Covenant Law in it and shield the Ark with the curtain. Bring in the table and set out what belongs on it. Then bring in the lampstand and set up the lamps. Place the gold altar of incense in front of the Ark of the Covenant Law and place a curtain at the entrance of the tabernacle. Place the altar of burnt offerings in front of the entrance to the tabernacle, the tent of meeting. Place the basin between the tent of meeting and the altar and put water in it. Set up the courtyard around it and put the curtain at the entrance to the courtyard. Take anointing oil and anoint the tabernacle and everything in it. Consecrate it and all its furnishings and it will be holy. Then anoint the altar of burnt offerings and all its utensils. 
Consecrate the altar and it will be most holy. Anoint the basin and it stands and consecrate them. Then bring Aaron, verse 12, and his sons to the entrance of the tent of meeting. Wash them with water. Then dress Aaron in the sacred garments. Anoint him and consecrate him that he may serve me as a priest. Bring his sons and dress them in tunics. Anoint them just as you anointed their fathers so that they may serve me as priests. Their anointing will be to a priesthood that will continue throughout their generations. And Moses did everything just as Yahweh commanded him. So does this anointing oil, which was an olive oil that had fragrant spices in it, was this anointing oil the thing that made them holy? No, no, it was not. This anointing oil was not what made them holy but it signified that God had set them apart for a work. To this day, there is an anointing that God does in the lives of people. He sets them apart for the work that he has for them. God is who makes us holy. And an oil, a ceremony, a service, a pledge, whatever, does not make us holy. We're doing certain things or not doing certain things. It doesn't... It's not what does it. It's what Jesus does on the inside. But the idea was that these emblems and these items were for a specific purpose. And so by doing this, it was signaling that these were not for everyday use. These were not just to be taken lightly. That there was something special about what was going on. Verse 17, so the tabernacle was set up on the first day of the first month in the second year, that is the second year from their captivity. When Moses set up the tabernacle, he put the bases in place, erected the frames, inserted the crossbars, and set up the post. Then he spread the tent over the tabernacle, and he put the covering over the tent as the Lord commanded him. And he took the tablets of the covenant law and placed them in the ark, attached the poles to the ark, and put the atonement cover over it. Then he brought the ark into the tabernacle and hung the shielding curtain and shielded the ark of the covenant law as the Lord had commanded him. Moses placed the table in the tent of meeting on the north side of the tabernacle outside the curtains and set the bread on it before the Lord as the Lord had commanded him. And he placed the lampstand in the tent of meeting opposite the table to the south side of the tabernacle and set up the lamps before the Lord as the Lord had commanded him. He placed the gold altar in the tent of meeting in front of the curtains and he burnt fragrant incense on it as the Lord had commanded him. And he put up at the curtain the entrance to the tabernacle. He set up the altar of burnt offerings near the entrance to the tabernacle and he set up the tent of meeting and offered it on burnt offerings, grain offerings as the Lord had commanded him. He placed the basin between the tent of meeting and the altar and put water in it for washing. And Aaron and Moses, or Moses and Aaron and his sons used it to wash their hands and feet. And they washed whenever they entered the tent of meeting and approached the altar the Lord had commanded Moses. Then Moses set up the courtyard around the tabernacle and the altar and put it up and put up the curtain at the entrance of the courtyard. And Moses finished the work. All right, so again. These things we are not under. We don't live in that old covenant. That has all been fulfilled by Jesus. We live in the new covenant. But what has God commanded of the Christian? He's commanded that we should gather together. That's found in both the book of Hebrews and the book of Acts. He's commanded that we should observe the Lord's Supper. We read that in in 1 Corinthians 13, that, that the Lord has given to us that we should 
take the bread and the cup and remember and proclaim his death until he comes back. Jesus told his disciples to go into all the world and make disciples of Jesus, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. There's not a lot of things that God's given us to do, but those things that he has, we should do. We should gather together. We should take communion together. We should be baptized publicly in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Moses and the people did what God gave them to do. We have what God's given us to do. If God's given you a work to do, then do it. If God has given you a calling, then live in it. If God's calling you to exercise faith, then have faith. If God's calling you to pray, then pray. If God's calling you to preach, then preach. If God's calling you to give, then give. If God's calling you to go somewhere, then go somewhere. If God's calling hasn't called you to go somewhere, then don't go somewhere. Just do what God has called you to do. If you need to be baptized, my email is adam at faithonhill.com. I would love to help get you baptized. If you need to be together, we meet together in person on t- at 1030 in the morning every Sunday. We have small groups throughout the week. If you don't feel safe right now meeting together, I get that. That's why we have online small groups. That's why we we have an online uh, service that I consider an, a valid service, you know, and, and so you can meet together. It's one thing to watch something. It's another thing to be part of something. That's the invitation. Verse 34, then the cloud covered the tent of meeting. The glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. The cloud. This has been talked about before, but it's something we might have forgotten about. The people of Israel, as they traveled through the wilderness, followed a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. If the cloud moved, they moved. If it didn't move, they didn't move. But the cloud of God's glory entered the tent of meeting. Sometimes you'll hear this referred to as the Shekinah glory, um, but it's this, it's this cloud signifying that the presence of God was there, that in that tent of meeting was God's presence. I, I believe that God's presence still meets with his people. I believe that when we gather together, that we can experience the presence of God through prayer, through community and fellowship, through worship and song, through the study of his word, through communion and through baptism. I believe all of those things are ways in which we can experience the presence of God. They themselves aren't the presence of God, but we can experience God through those moments. Verse 35 says, Moses could not enter the tent of meeting because of the cloud had settled on it and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Now, this was not a common occurrence. What happens sometimes is we take these really unique things and then we say, why don't we see them all the time? Well, they're unique for a reason. I, I have had unique experiences with the presence of God, but they're not common everyday experiences. And so I shouldn't be worried that they don't happen every day in my life. And nor should you. This was a unique thing that happened. What happens sometimes is Christians either try to say these unique experiences are just, ah, that's not real, that's some metaphor for something, or they try to say that these things happen like every day. I don't believe either is true. I believe that God does miraculous things, inexplicable, unexplainable things at times and in places and in ways that he wants to as he sees fit. I also don't think it happens all the time. I want to be faithful day in and day out to Jesus, whether something supernatural or incredible is happening or not. 
And I want to be aware that there are times when God moves in a unique and special way, and I want to praise the Lord for it. The presence of the Lord gathered at the tent of meeting. You know, when Jesus was resurrected and he appeared to all of his disciples except except Thomas. Why? Because Thomas wasn't there. And then Thomas gets back with the group and he says, hey, what happened? I miss anything? And they said, Jesus was here. And he says, ah, no, that didn't happen. I want to be where God's people are so that I can be where God is moving. Does that mean that God can't move when I'm not with God's people? No. I've experienced the presence of God totally independent of anybody else around. One of the most powerful moments of me experiencing the presence of God happened in a, I was driving my Honda Civic on I-90 in in the state of Washington. Can't explain what happened there. It was incredible. Um, But you know what? Generally speaking, when God has moved in my life, it has been in the presence of other people. And I'm, I'm the worse if I'm disconnected and I'm the better when I am connected. Verse 36, in all the travels, the Israelites, whatever the cloud lifted from above the tabernacle, then they would set out. But if the cloud did not lift, then they did not set out until the day it was lifted. So the cloud of the Lord was over the tabernacle by day and the fire by night in the sight of all the Israelites during all their travels. If it moved, they moved. If it didn't move, they didn't move. I hope and pray that God keeps us in a place where if he is moving, then we will move. And if it's not moving, then we don't go. Now, there are Christians who seem to use this as an excuse for inaction. Well, I'd like to do that, but I can't be sure if God's moving or not. Hey, you know what? If God's moving, it'll happen. Let's let's see what's going on. Is God moving? Then let's go. I'm not using this as an excuse, but I also want to be aware that sometimes you try things and it doesn't work. And you say, hey, all right, I guess the Lord wasn't in that and I'm going to go back and I'm going to wait. Maybe you feel lost. You feel disconnected. You say, I don't know what God wants. When was the last time you knew for sure what God wanted? Go back to that place and stay there until you go, oh yeah, this is where I'm supposed to go. Sometimes when you go back to that place, you say, yep, God told me to go this way and I'm going to keep going that way until I get some different information. God wanted his people dependent on him and I believe he still wants us dependent on himself. Now, what's the big takeaway from the book of Exodus? God delivers people from bondage, from the slavery of sin and death. God brings people into relationship with himself. And God leads his people where he knows is best for them to go. The question is, will we allow God to deliver us from those bondages? Will we live in the covenant with him and will we be led by him? In our day, that means will we give our lives to Jesus Christ? Will we place our faith in him for our salvation? And will we live in this new covenant of grace and mercy that we get through the work of Jesus Christ? And will we be led by him as we are filled with God the Holy Spirit? as we are filled with the same spirit that filled Jesus. Will we go where he takes us? 
Will we stand firm when he says, stay still? We're a few minutes short of the 20 minutes, but you know what? That's where we're at today. You might remember a couple weeks ago, they said, hey, we've collected too much and we don't need more. Well, we've done with our time, so you get five minutes uh, to go about your day. I pray that God blesses you. I pray that the Lord would show you his grace and move his spirit in your spirit this week. I want to thank you for joining us again for another episode of the 20-Minute Bible Study. You can find audio versions of this podcast on Spotify and Apple Music. All you have to do is search Faith on Hill. You can also find them on our website when you click Online Gatherings. Our Sunday services stream on our website and on our Facebook page, as well as audio versions where you find this podcast. My name's Adam, and you can email me whenever you'd like at adam at faithonhill.com. You can follow the church on Instagram at faithonhill. We'll see you next week for another episode of the 20-Minute Bible Study.